Historically and today, our country has been overrun by those with money and power, giving little voice to the everyday American. We're here to change that. Welcome to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. Each week, our program addresses the problems we are facing in our country, as well as thought-provoking and effective libertarian solutions. This could change the way you see opportunities in your life and your children's lives as well. Now, here is Judge Jim Gray. Hello and welcome wherever you are in our great country and around the world. Uh, This is Judge Jim Gray on the Voice America Variety Channel, and I'm just always excited to be able to be with you for another edition of All Rise, with the idea that if we employ libertarian values, libertarian approaches, that we will all rise together, and uh, that's, that's simply going to be exemplified by our guest today, because we all know we get hit in the face so often with so many bad things going around the world, and yes, there are some, but there are also some good things too, and one of them you're going to hear about today in this hour, Open Gate International, which actually was started by Deidre Pujols, uh, P-U-J-O-L-S, who is the, well, she's unto herself, but she's also the wife of baseball star Albert Pujols, but she started getting exposed to problems with drug, with human trafficking, and decided, you know, if we can only take these usually women, and provide some volunteer vocational opportunities for them, they can get their independence economically and then good things happening. So they have started this program where they provide skills and mentoring at no cost to these various people uh, so that they can, in fact, have a sustainable life success. And what better way than culinary? What better way than to teach people to be chefs? Because they can get a job basically anywhere, uh, and that is the their first opportunity. So she hooked up with our guest today, who calls herself a life skills mentor, Judy Lamborn, L-A-M-B-O-R-N, who's also become my friend. Uh, Judy is with us today, and uh, she is seeking other professions as well. In addition to being a chef, uh, she's looking into other professions such that people, now they've expanded to ex-felons. So once you get out of prison, I tell you, what is the best antidote to crime or to being a recidivist? It's having a job. And that job skill then is so important. So Deidre Pujols calls herself the chief catalyst. Uh, Judy, a little more uh, normal discussion is the executive director of Open Gate International. So, Judy, welcome. Thank you for sharing this hour with us on All Rise, and uh, and we're glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited for this morning. Oh, life is good, Judy. I always end the show with that, and I'll start it with it now, too. But please explain a little bit about Judy Lamborn in the way of your background, of where were you raised, how did you meet Deidre, and uh, how did you get involved in this Open Gate International wonderful libertarian project? Sure, absolutely. So I was born in California. I lived here for the first 10 years of my life, and then my family moved to Iowa, where I uh, grew up, you know, learning Midwestern work ethic and all those lovely Midwestern values. And once I graduated from college, I decided that the Midwest was no longer exciting enough. And so my life took a bit of a downward spiral, a spiral and uh, ended up getting myself into some trouble. Um, so I, you know, 
drugs, alcohol, opportunity, uh, with not a lot of boundaries, never, never adds up to anything good that can happen for an individual. And so uh, my life in and of itself is, is a wonderful testimony is why I can speak from the voice of experience to these students that come to our program. I met Albert and Deidre when I lived in St. Louis um, when Albert was playing for the Cardinals. So I've known them for over 17 years, and over the years, Deidre and I, you know, over many, many, many cups of coffee talked about, you know, just like friends do. You talk about what's going on in the world. I mean, they have so many philanthropic efforts already with the Pujols Family Foundation and other things that they were doing in the Dominican Republic and work with uh, families that have Down syndrome because they have a daughter who has Down syndrome. And Deidre and I would just talk uh, several times about so many problems that were going on in the world, and we're just kind of cut from the same cloth. We can't just talk about something and not do something about it. So in 2016, she and I literally traveled almost around the world with the purpose of finding out what is happening in this area of human trafficking, because human trafficking began to be such a buzzword, not only in the faith-based communities, but in secular communities, in our governments, in our, in our schools, in our churches. And so we traveled, we went to Mexico, we went to Brazil, we went to India, we went to Moldova, with the purpose of finding out what's happening, who's involved in the fight against this thing called human trafficking. We learned that there were different types of trafficking. We had such a narrow idea of what it was supposed to be, because Hollywood sometimes can portray an image of what human trafficking is, but there's so much more to it. We learned about the amazing law enforcement people that were involved in the rescues and raids of taking people, men, women, boys, and girls, out of these horrific situations. We also met several nonprofit organizations all over the world that were involved in the rehabilitation of these survivors once they're rescued out of their situation. So at the end of all of our travels in 2016, we looked at each other and said, okay, now we see what the need is. We, we spoke to these NGOs, we spoke to law enforcement, and the clarion call was, at the end of rehabilitation, Jim, there was no opportunity for reintegration, no training and employment for these human trafficking survivors. Because the example that I like to give is if you're 11 years old and you are kidnapped and trafficked for five years, you're miraculously rescued at the age of 16. Now you go through a wonderful rehabilitation with a, a, a caring nonprofit that's going to love you back into wholeness. Now you're 18 years old and you're ready to begin your life. You have no high school diploma. You have no GED. You have no job uh, experience, you have no viable skill set, what can you do? How are you going to reintegrate into society? How can we possibly expect someone to be sustainable when we don't provide them the skills that they need? And that's when Deidre said, that's what we're going to do. We are going to create an organization that provides vocational training for specialized individuals that are coming from vulnerable populations. And our goal initially was human trafficking survivors. But it wasn't just enough to provide the vocational training. We knew that life skills and that type of mentorship was critical in order for them to be successful once they graduated. And Deidre has a passion for the culinary arts. And so we launched Open Gate International in 2017, January, and here in Orange County in California, because Albert now plays for the Angels, their home is 
lives in Orange County, and she said, I can't do this all around the world and neglect the vulnerable and the human trafficking survivors right in my own backyard. So in January 2017, Open Gate was born. Open Gate uh, is an acronym. The O is for the oppressed, the P is for the powerless, the E is for endangered, and the N is for the neglected. That was the population group that we were going after. And GATE stands for how we intended to help them, a global alternative of training and employment. So I developed the life skills curriculum. We had a professional chef to develop the culinary curriculum. And I'm very excited to say that to date, we have graduated 131 students from our Orange County program alone. But our vision was always global. So we have duplicated this program in Mexico, in Cambodia, in India, in Moldova, and we are working on Africa. As a matter of fact, Deidre and I just returned from a trip to India where we graduated our very first group of students, 21 young ladies and young men from the slums of India in Mumbai who are now on a trajectory working at five-star hotels, working at five-star restaurants, have a vision and a dream to go to college and university, whereas before they would have just been child brides or expected uh, to earn a very, very minuscule living in the village where they lived. So you can see that we're passionate about what we do. Doors are opening literally in government. They're opening in the faith-based sector, in the in, in, um, in education sector. And our goal is to have an open gate culinary institute in every state in the United States, but also in every country in the world. Judy, you're, you're just amazing. When I plan and <laughs> and get ready for my shows, I write out some mm-hmm. questions to ask, and you covered a lot of them already. Talk about passionate, <laughs> talk about dynamic, talk about dedicated. Hear ye, hear ye. This is one dedicated lady, and, and just thank you on behalf of all of us. I can tell you, and our focus is here on All Rise, uh, the difference between a government program and an, one done by individuals, the private sector. And you've just demonstrated why the passionate of the private sector is just so much more effective. Uh, I bring up an example, and I believe that my statistics are correct. Think mosquito nets. What are we talking about Mm -hmm. here? People roll their eyes. Well, many places in Africa, they still have malaria, and it is shown that for every 10 mosquito nets you get on the ground so people can shield themselves while they're sleeping, you're going to save at least one person from getting malaria and save lives. And it costs the government something like $12.50 per mosquito net, and it costs individual foundations something like $4.12. So it's the same mosquito net on the ground, but for about a third of the cost. You're more effective. You're more, you're more dedicated. You're, and uh, just thank you for all of that. I wrote it down. Well, we're very, we're very grateful and we're excited about the progress that we've made, the successes that we've had. It's not been without its challenges. I mean, as I said, our initial uh, focus was for human trafficking survivors. Well, honestly, Judge, I, I had a bit of a, a challenge filling our roster um, with just human trafficking survivors. And so we put our heads together and said, you know what? We need to widen the net. We need to widen the funnel. So we opened up our program to homeless. We opened it up to veterans that are coming back from serving our country in our nation's military. We opened it up to domestic violence victims, foster youth who are being emancipated from the system with no college or career path. We opened it up, as you said in your intro, to people that are recently released from incarceration. So anybody that fits within that marginalized population or a vulnerable population, if they're passionate about culinary arts and they really want life change, they are the perfect fit for our program. I'm thinking now of one young man who came to us um, just horribly addicted to crystal methamphetamine. 
drinking about a gallon of whiskey a day, homeless in the streets of Costa Mesa. But this young man could cook. His passion was cooking. He found out about our program. He was living in a, a sober living facility, and he found out about Open Gate International. He graduated from our program, and Jim, he has just celebrated one year of employment at the Newport Beach Country Club. He is one of their best employees. The first time in his job, and he's over 40 years old, the first time in his life he's held a job for over a year. Now, we had this young man for eight weeks. He's 40 years old. If you have an individual that really wants to change, we provide that avenue for the vehicle of change. And we partner with NGOs here in Orange County. We partner with, the, with government individuals. We partner with restaurants and hotels, bakeries, food prep companies, restaurant partners that are eager to hire Open Gate graduates because not only do they have the culinary chops when they come into their job, but they also have the life skills. This was a critical thing. I've had executive chefs come and be guest speakers in our class, and every single one of them has said, I will take someone who has a good attitude, who's going to show up to work on time, who's going to get along with everybody, and who's teachable over someone who has a four-page culinary pedigree that has worked in every hotel and restaurant. So we knew that life skills was critical. So I started to develop it, uh, thinking what is going to be the, the, the things that someone should learn that is going to set them on the pathway to success. So we talk about things like positive attitude, enthusiasm. We talk about excellence. We talk about integrity in the workplace, conflict resolution, determination, commitment. But because I knew that we were going to be dealing with vulnerable populations, I also inserted things in there like holding bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in your heart. Because some of our people that come to us have been through um, a, life, a lifetime of pain and, and heartache and just devastation and crisis and chaos, one right after another. And a lot of times, those things were not self-inflicted. They were inflicted by others. And a lot of times, someone can completely derail their life if they just hold on to these things and it weighs them down. We talk about things like guilt and shame and condemnation and how those things will hold you back from achieving the life that you want. So we really kind of, we create a community. We create a family. Our program has been extended to 12 weeks, and at the end of that 12 weeks, those people now have a new group of people that will be friends for the rest of their lives. They understand the power of the table. They understand the power of food. They understand that they are worthy of value and respect, and they have something to contribute to society. They carry themselves different. They hold their heads up different. They speak differently. All of these things they've learned in a very short period of time. So we're excited because of the success of the program. We're excited about open doors that are coming to us in different states, different countries, because we recognize that we've been able to create a short-term, high impact solution for a lot of the problems that are plaguing our society today. Judy, where do you get your funding? These things aren't, aren't free. Uh, you're providing this without cost to these, to these vulnerable people, and you're just simply flat out changing their lives for the better. But there's some expense. Uh, what do you do for funding? You're absolutely right, Jim. And so you mentioned that Albert and Deidre Pujols are the founders of Open Gate International. And so far, they have been our primary funders. 
And so we are in a space now that we're nearly three years old that we are looking to diversify our donor base in order to maintain a public charity status. And so we, I'm wading into the waters of development and fundraising. My passion is life skills and teaching and mentoring people. But as a nonprofit, there are things that you absolutely must do. So we are looking to our community leaders. We are looking to individuals. We're looking to corporations to come alongside us and say, I see what you're doing. I see how it's benefiting my community where I live. I want to come alongside you and give financially, give my time, give my treasure, give my talent, and help you however I can. So we're in that space of now looking to others outside and saying, do you believe in what we're doing? Do you see the success? Do you see the the uh, undeniable change in people's lives? Come alongside us and help us. So our very first uh, big fundraising event is Saturday, November 2nd here in Orange County, and you can get all the information on that at our website, opengateintl.org. What is that website, Judy? It's opengateintl.org. And just click on the Amuse Bash tab, and that'll have all the information for anyone who wants to sponsor tables or buy tickets. We we picked the name Amuse Bash because it's a play on a culinary term, Amuse Bouche, which is usually the the surprise bite at the beginning of a meal that is a sign of things to come. So we thought it was very fitting for our annual fundraising event that it would be called Amuse Bash. And it's not going to be just like another um, another gala because there's so many that happen all the time. This is going to be a celebration. We will have our students and our graduates there talking about how Open Gate has changed their lives. Um, it, it's going to be a really fun evening. We're really looking forward to it. Well, my wife and I are coming, and I bought a table, so I'll bring eight of my friends. But uh, this is just, I, I can see our audience out there, and this is radio, but nonetheless, I can still see them, and they're all standing up mm-hmm. and applauding what you're doing. And just, just please accept our thanks, not only mine, but from us around the country and around the world. This, this is just wonderful stuff. I wrote down, uh, you're, you're speaking with passion, and you went too fast for me, but OPEN stands for what? Oppressed? And what does the P stand for? Powerless. Powerless. The oppressed, the powerless, the endangered, and the neglected. And our, our, our hashtag or our tagline is, we are championing victorious futures. Yeah. Like, the thing that makes us different, Jim, is we walk along, alongside people to help them cultivate their value, their self-belief, and their strengths, because most of our students have been beaten down by life, by poor choices, or choices that were made for them. So we, are, we help them discover their identity. We also inspire their creativity. We inspire them to ignite their skills and talents. A lot of the students that come into our program had no idea how good they could be at culinary arts. They have never thought of themselves as being skilled or good at anything. And it's absolutely amazing to watch the transformation take place. We also make sure that we provide a safe and a supportive environment for them to continue to heal. Because we know, although our students come to us on the the tail end of the rehabilitative side, we know that the healing process is a continuation. And we, we really pride ourselves on providing a, a supportive environment for them to continue to heal and learn, but ultimately to find their purpose. Deidre likes to put it this way. She says, we're in the DMV business. We're helping people identify their, their identity. 
um, and, and see their worth and value and how they can contribute to society. We also make sure that our classroom is a culture of excellence. Excellence is the foundation of what I choose to live my life by, and we learn. We, t- we, we teach the difference between excellence and perfection, and excellence is doing the very best with what you have. So they learn that spirit of excellence before they graduate. But we also know, Jim, that we, we could not do this without collaboration. So in these other countries that we've been able to develop these programs, we collaborate with local NGOs that are on the ground. We bring their chef here to the United States, train them, they go through our program, they return to their home country, and then we, we build the kitchen. They recruit their students. They are in charge of placing their students in jobs, but we could not do what we do without collaboration because we are big believers in together we are better and we can do more together than we can separately. So those are the, some of the things that, that set us apart in how we've chosen you know, to, to approach what we do. Libertarian values. You know, roll up your sleeves, be the beneficiary of the work that you do, help others. Mm-hmm. And, and Judy, you're just, you're just amazing. Talk about a life skills coach, but you choose words interestingly. You, you, these don't just happen. Use the word ignite. I mean, that just mm-hmm. says so much about what you're doing and, and passionate, dedicated. But there's a difference between being a parent and being a friend. The parent helps mentor. The parent helps to set boundaries within which their children can glow and grow and blossom. And, and you are setting boundaries as well. And there is a difference between excellence, which we all can engage in. It's a, it's a lifestyle choice as opposed to perfection, which nobody can do. And, and you have to understand that difference. So, yes, and in fact, I was blessed to be able to speak to one of your prior classes and, and told them, and, and I think I'm going to be able to come in again with you, and, and thanks for that opportunity. But you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And we tell that to high school students all the time because it's true. And if you hang out with people that are going to ditch school and smoke marijuana and talk back to, to people and, and just kind of skate by, that's probably the way you're going to end up living your life as well. But if you associate with people like Judy Lamborn and her Open Gate International, where they are a family, where they expect you to show up, where they expect you to do the best you can, and then to see the possibilities thereafter, uh, the, the sky's the limit. There was one fellow by the name of Steve Jobs, you may remember him, uh, and he said that the only ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that do. And Deidre and Judy Lamborn are just doing that. So again, this is just a marvelous thing. Uh, I'm going to be going, as I say, to your to your uh, fundraiser, and it's not going to be a gala. We understand that. And this is not meant to be just an advertising till we bring people in, but Amuse Bash really is a kind of a neat idea. And what is your website again for anybody to get not only this for the for the fundraiser because that's that's wonderful, but just to get more information. We have people listening to all rise all around our country and all around the world, Judy, if they would like to get into this as well, be mentors to those people that are, that are, that are simply unmet, uh, what, what, where can they get more information or contact you to try to expand this open gate network? 
Absolutely. They can do it in a, in a couple of different ways. You can always just email us at info at opengateintl.org, or you can go to our website, which is opengateintl.org, and click on the contact tab. That will generate an email that will come. We will, we will respond. We're looking for mentors for our graduates. We are looking for people to come alongside and teach life skills. I love, I'm so grateful that you're going to come into our classroom because it, while it's good for them to see consistency and have Miss Judy coming to teach life skills every time. It's good to, to kind of break it up every once in a while and, and present something different. And everyone has a different type of way that they approach these things. And you bring such a wealth of wisdom in a sector of society that I can't speak of from the voice of experience with. So hearing from them, especially from a judge, because unfortunately a lot of our students have had interaction with law enforcement and they were on the wrong side of it. So seeing that um, teaching the culture of honor, a lot of times they're, they're not wanting to adopt that, but having you come into the classroom as someone who has sat in the superior court and, and has been involved in in law enforcement, seeing that you do have a vested interest and seeing them succeed, that your interest is not always punitive, but it's encouraging, that it's uplifting and you want to see them succeed and you have such wisdom and such discernment and insight, um, revelation to give to our students. And I appreciate anybody who wants to come, uh, CEOs, leaders, community leaders, NGO leaders, uh, teachers, from every sector of society, I would love to bring you into our classroom so you can share with our students your story of success, your story of your challenges. I love bringing business owners in, and they talk about how difficult it is to get a brand-new business off the ground. They talk about how they failed, but just because they failed doesn't make them a failure. This is one of the main things that we teach our students. Just because you've made mistakes doesn't make you a mistake. You get up and you try again. So I love bringing business owners into the classroom, and it encourages them because some of our students want to be business owners. Not all of them want to work for somebody. Some of them want to own their own food truck. Some of them want to start their own restaurant. Some of them want to join a family member who already owns a restaurant and help them run it. Our students have various different dreams and goals. So I love bringing different people from the community into the classroom and share their life experience. It's a wonderful time of just transparency and learning. Um, it's just a great atmosphere. And we, if you stay for lunch, you're, you're guaranteed to have an amazing meal. Chef Cynthia does an amazing job teaching uh, all of the things necessary that our students are going to need for any entry-level position in any culinary atmosphere that there is out there. Well, and again, it's just fantastic, and the results just pan out like that. We only have a minute or two before we're going to take a break, but you say you have 131 graduates from your Orange County open gate. Of those, how many were able to get a job right away in culinary activities? Not all of them. My dream is to be able to say 100%, but unfortunately, some of our graduates uh, were not eligible for employment as soon as they graduated. Some people need a little bit more finesse. Some people need a little bit more time because we don't want to set someone up for, for failure. And so I like to place them in a, pl- a thing that we call sheltered employment with a soft place to land. Maybe they can do an internship with someone that we know. Maybe they can um, come into the next class and take a few more classes before we're ready. Or maybe they meet with me for a few more times when we talk about the importance of showing up to work on time and having a good attitude and, and yeah. pruning toxic relationships out of your life. So percentage-wise, um, about 
I'm going to say about 75% of the people who have graduated from our program are still employed full-time. Not all of them were actually eligible for employment when they graduated, but we never give up on a student, Jim. We never uh, give up on them. I we tell them when that. you graduate... You are stuck with us for life. You are part of our family through the ups and the downs. As a matter of fact, I was just texting back and forth with one of our graduates um, yesterday. He was very frustrated because he's been at a job for quite some time and felt like he was deserving of a bigger raise than what he had gotten. And he was frustrated. He was feeling unappreciated. And so we had to go right back to the classroom. And I reminded him what he was taught. You do a good job. Those rewards are going to come. You conduct yourself with excellence. You will get noticed. You I'm going to have to take a break for a moment here, but we'll come back and, sure. and talk about that and follow up with that graduate. I, I wrote a column one time, Judy, that employers will tell you this. You're hired for your skills and your background, but you're fired for attitude. And it's just a continuing thing, just like you were saying. So we are hearing from a totally enthusiastic, passionate, dynamic dedicated Judy Lamborn of OpenGate International, helping to mentor people that are displaced and marginalized. Isn't this wonderful? I mean, is this just wonderful stuff? So we're going to come back after these couple of messages and, and other good words and continue to hear more and get excited and even ignited about Judy Lamborn and what she is doing right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the United States, and it's more successful than ever. We don't just talk the talk of individual liberty and free markets. We also walk the walk. Libertarian Party candidates are getting elected to office across the United States, and we are making a difference. The Libertarian Party is also the only third party that routinely has ballot access in every state. Our achievements and influence grow every year, and you can be part of that success. You can register as a Libertarian Party voter in your state to help us achieve easier ballot access. You can also visit lp.org today to become a member of the Libertarian Party, no matter which party you register with. Join the Libertarian Party today at lp.org. Together, we can move mountains. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. To find out more about Judge Gray, visit JudgeJimGray.com. That's JudgeJimGray.com. Now, back to All Rise. Well, welcome back again. This is Judge Jim Gray on the uh, show All Rise, the Libertarian Way with Judge Jim Gray, because literally, and we've been hearing this, I hope I hope that all of you out there have heard this interview from the beginning, because we are getting excellence personified. We are getting something that is just helping the marginalized people in the world. Oh, a lot of us, 
bemoan the fact that, oh, there are these veterans out here and the homeless and people that are felons that have now been released. And, and oh, why don't they get their lives together? Well, meet Judy Lamborn because she is being able to do this. Before we come back to her, though, my wife, as I've told you before, has insisted that I try to get in something a little on the humorous side. So I can tell you, Judy, that no matter how hard you push the envelope, it's still stationary. I just want you to understand that. So at any rate... <laughs> We, we can also get into, thanks for the chuckle, I appreciate that. I had to, I had to uh, give her a little counsel on that because I need all the chuckles I can get. Uh, and you had said some good things about me, but I think my, I'm going to keep you away from my children. They'd probably uh, disagree with some of those assessments, but uh, ignorance is bliss and that's good too. But I will ask anyone listening, what is the most important thing in life? I think that's probably the most general question I could ask. And to me, it's gratification. You know, it's not even family or love or power or prestige or economic success. You can get gratification from that. But the gratification that comes from knowing inside you that the world is a somewhat better place because you walked the face of the earth for a while. And Judy Lamborn has to be just getting that gratification every day. It's just a wonderful thing. And we were joking before uh, we came back that, uh, no, no, Judy, I, I don't think so. I subscribe to the religion of my yacht is bigger than your yacht. And, uh, of course, talk about shallow. But Judy's yacht is enormous in, in these gratification times. You were just beginning to tell us about this graduate who would, was concerned that he wasn't getting as, as big a paycheck and the rest. And, and how what, what was it, again, that you did with that graduate to center him and bring him back into uh, a, a real perspective, Judy? I reminded him of what he learned in the classroom, that when you operate your life in excellence, you will get noticed. When you choose to operate your life with integrity and conduct yourself that way, you will get noticed. It may not be in the time period that you think it should be, but if you stick to those foundational character traits, eventually it's going to pay off. And I just encouraged him because a lot of times when things get tough, um, people's temptation, the first thing they want to do is just quit. Well, this is too hard. It's just too hard. I can't do this. It's just too hard. They don't appreciate me. And they just job hop. And they don't stick to something long enough to learn the benefit of pressing through those difficult times. Um, that means being excellent when you don't feel like you're being noticed. That means being integrous when you don't feel like it's being appreciated. There is an innate satisfaction and a, and a, a, I'm going to use the word blessing that comes from knowing on the inside of you that you are doing the very best you can with what you have. And you're okay with that. You're okay with that. You can lay your head down on the pillow at night knowing I did the best I could today. I gave the best Judy Lamborn possible today. I teach yes. the students, when you look in the mirror, don't focus on all the things that you did wrong. And this is what I did with this student. Don't focus on the fact that you don't think you're getting promoted as fast as you think you should. Don't focus on the fact that you're frustrated with your executive chef because you feel like he's not appreciating you or, or undervaluing you. You keep doing the right thing, and eventually it will pay off for you. And it was just the encouragement that he needed you know, to hear, you're right, Miss Judy, you're right. I'm just frustrated because I work so hard. And so this is something, I mean, not even, not only for our students, but for society in general. We're just so geared towards, well, if it doesn't feel good, just quit, just move on. In relationships, in jobs, in churches, in whatever it may be. If it's not working for you, just move on. And we've lost the, um, the value that comes from endurance, 
stamina, sticking through something, working through challenges, overcoming challenges instead of just discarding things. So it was a great life lesson for him. I'm actually sitting down uh, for breakfast on Monday with him because, uh, like I said, we refuse to give up. They're a part of our family. We pour ourselves into them, and every bit of life experience that I have, you're going to get that. Because I remember being in that place. I remember thinking, I have nothing to offer society. I'm a former drug addict. I'm a former alcoholic. I'm a former prostitute who was just living a life that was completely self-centered, selfish, had all the money, all the men, everything a person could ever want, but I was still miserable, completely miserable. You talk about having yachts. My idea was if my yacht is biggest, nobody else is going to be on my yacht. Well, now my mentality is how many people can I bring with me? How many people can I encourage with my life story that if it's possible for me, it's possible for you, which is why I love doing what I do because I can look right in their eyes and say, I understand what it's like to be a drug addict. I understand what it's like to be abused as a child. I understand what it's like to have an abortion and live through the guilt and the shame um, as a result of that and overcome it. So when they look at me and they talk with me, it's not just somebody who's giving them ideals. It's somebody who's actually lived through it. So there's not a lot that they can pull over my eyes because I've been through it. And I think that's why like, Chef Cynthia has been through it. She's worked her way up in the ranks in the culinary field. And so she understands starting, you know, as a a dishwasher and moving your way up. I understand what it's like to move your way through. So we teach them stamina. We teach them endurance. We teach them giving up is not an option. You only lose if you quit and give in. So it's, it's a wonderful uh, dynamic in the classroom. And by the time we're finished, they hopefully have a whole new way of looking at themselves and, uh, and feeling like, you know what, I can do this. When I look in the mirror, I see potential. When I look in the mirror, I see possibility. When I look in the mirror, I see success. Instead of looking at failures and looking at wrinkles and looking at my, the color of my skin is wrong, my ethnicity is wrong, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too skinny. We get rid of all the excuses and say, let's take a look at the person that you are, your past, your present, and let's talk about your future. Because there's nothing we can do about your past except use it as a powerful platform to catapult you into a, a different destiny. You know, if you, if you spend all your time focusing on your past and how you should feel sorry for yourself and everybody else should feel sorry for you too, that's not going to create a good future for you. And this is what we work on a lot in the culinary aspect and in the life skill aspect is teaching them um, you're responsible. You are responsible for your words. You're responsible for your thoughts. You are responsible for your attitude. Yes, we're not denying that bad things may have happened to you, but we need to deny those things the right to keep dictating to your future. You take control of your life. You control your destiny and what you will and will not do. And when you adopt that kind of attitude, nothing's impossible for you. You know, Judy, I think it was Thomas Edison that said that about 70% of people who fail are truly close to success when they quit. And I think that that's something that, that you're saying as well. It, you, We can't control what happens to us many times, but we can always mm-hmm. control our response, our attitude. And the attitude exactly. is simply the whole thing. Uh, by the way, uh, I just had a mediation yesterday with a man who owns four Greek restaurants uh, around town here. And I'm going to contact him and, and uh, have him contact you to see if uh, he needs some good workers. So I, I, that's just something I've, I've come up with. But I can also say that when I was on the bench, uh, I was in a criminal calendar, a report back calendar for probation, and uh, I was recommended to me by a public defender think you know judge gray you know the best antidote for prostitution no what's that 
having a job. And so I actually ordered these ladies who, they're all, I think they were all ladies, who had been convicted of prostitution one way or the other to give me the names of four companies every, every week that uh, they had applied to. They'd taken their resume to and they'd applied for jobs. And uh, so they would come back and, and uh, I would always take first somebody that had gotten a job. And I'd, I'd keep them for another three weeks after they'd gotten their job and then I'd release them from that condition. But I'd have the, the ladies that had found a job come back and testify and and I'd call them up first how are you doing ma'am you know that sort of stuff and they said you know there was one time where I I have a job it's just totally changed my life now I can look at myself in the mirror and and see that that you know I'm not a bad person and in fact mm-hmm. no one is no one can be described by the worst thing they've ever done and that's something that we all need to understand but one of them said, you know, I went back to prostitution once to see what it was like and physically got sick to my stomach for the degradation. Now I have a job. I can hold my head up and look, look anybody in the eye. And that's exactly what you're saying. You know, just we, we, we all have made mistakes. We all get marginalized. We all have our, our fears, inhibitions, whatever. And a job, I, I can't think of a better deterrent to crime or recidivism than having a job. Because you can look anybody in the eye and say, you know, I'm worth it. I'm good. I'm good for this. And and uh, people that have been in prison frequently are extremely good employees. That they've seen what can happen if they if they don't keep this job, and they'll be consistent and they will be be carrying forth with a really good attitude. So, I, but they need that booster shot, just like this graduate that uh, you're talking to. You're going to have lunch with soon. Uh, you need a booster shot. You need to keep being reminded that, hey, I really am worth something, but I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. And excellence is a lifestyle. So how do, how do you get applicants? So how do applicants learn that they have this open gate uh, institution that can help them with these job skills? How do they, how do they hear about you? What I try to do is I we, we partner with local nonprofits or we work with organizations that focus on uh, vulnerable populations. So we have partnerships with organizations that work with human trafficking survivors, organizations that specifically work with homeless people, different organizations that work with veterans and, and um, people released from incarceration. So we try to partner with these organizations, make the opportunity available. And what we've done is we really refined our vetting process. So... In these organizations don't refer people to us that they don't think are going to be a good fit for the program. So it's like that collaboration. That is such a key element in what we do because we could, we could just spin our wheels all day looking for people to take advantage of this opportunity. And I still shake my head when we don't have a completely full roster because I know the power of this opportunity, what it can be for people. But and like I teach our students, you brought up such a good point. Um, I teach our students an opportunity is what you make of it. You either seize it or you waste it. And it's so heartbreaking when some of our students are accepted into the program and they go through everything they need to go through to get accepted into the program and then they don't graduate because they say it's too difficult or it's too, they're, they're, they're not used to discipline and they're not wanting to, you know, submit to authority or they, they have such a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to any kind of a structure. Boundaries are bad. Structure is bad. It's, you know, it's oppressing me and, and I, I can't have my freedom or we tell them, turn your phone off. You know, <laughs> being in class is not a time to be texting here, here. and, and uh, looking at Instagram and Facebook. So, sure. but you bring up a very good point, Jim, about uh, people who have been in prison excellent employees. 
I would add to what you said as far as having a job is one of the most important things. I would say having a job that you're passionate about because I've seen people that are in jobs where it's literally just punching a time clock and it's lifeless to them. It's just a means of an income. If you can find what you're passionate about and ignite that passion, you'll never work a day in your life. Yes, this is my job. It's my vocation. It's my occupation. But I have to say that I would do this no matter what because I live and breathe it. It's in my DNA. It's what I'm passionate about. I have a saying, no alarm clock needed. My passion wakes me. I want to take OGI into the prisons. Uh, before these people are getting ready to be released. So that way they don't have to come to the program upon release. We could be already working with those people who are going to be released, who are passionate about culinary, and when they get released, already have a job waiting for them. Can you imagine what that would do to recidivism? If the rate of it, if they already had a job waiting for them upon release, wouldn't that be amazing? Judy, talk to me. I can help you with that, and I will. Uh, that's that's something okay. that's critically important. Uh, I also can was thinking while you were you were talking here that you know opportunity does knock more than once. It just doesn't knock mm-hmm. on the same door. That the opportunity is right. there, you go for it. But uh, but that's the, the important thing as well. Uh, what other vocations you've gotten into culinary, and it it's so perfect because you don't need to have a, a license, as I understand it. You don't need to have all this equipment. You know, the stoves and and the ovens and stuff are already at the restaurant. So wherever you go, you're marketable. Uh, you don't need to bring your electric saws and drills or whatever else. You've got the equipment uh, in any restaurant. But do you have other vocations that you're also looking to uh, to train in, or is, are you so far uh, just, I won't say just, but in, uh, in culinary? We are looking for other vocations because the program is easily duplicatable. You can match it to a vocation and just marry it with the life skills component, and you can have a whole different program. We did a short stint with a floral design program with a local florist here that took three students um, and graduated two of them who went on to work uh, in the floral industry here in Orange County. We would, I would love to see us get into mechanical. I would love to see us get into cosmetology because a lot of the human trafficking survivors and the women who do come off the street have an interest in doing hair, doing nails, doing skin care, things of that nature. We are definitely open to doing other vocations. It's just a matter of sitting down, creating the curriculum, marrying it to the life skills component, finding a place to facilitate the class, and then talking about the job placement component, which is critical upon graduation. Yes, indeed. Yes, truly so. Oh, what I know that you get to know your students. How, how many students do you have in, in one class? What's the maximum you can take? In the place where we have our culinary uh, class now, we can fit 10, and we run two classes simultaneously. So it's Thursday, Friday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 10 students in one class. Our ultimate goal is to have our own place here in Orange County, to have a home base uh, where we can operate out of. But right now, we're facilitating our classes out of the hood kitchen space in Costa Mesa, which really works great. We have the classroom space. We have the kitchen space. But at any given time, each session has 20 students. And just so your listeners know, we talk talked about the cost of the program. We try not to pass that cost onto the student because a lot of the students come to, coming to us don't have the means to pay for it. Right now, we're at a cost of about $2,900 per student. 
So if you're running 10 students, each class is 29000 Both sessions, it's 58000 per session. So if somebody's out there and they're thinking, wow, I really like what I'm hearing, I want to try to be able to help, maybe I can help raise funds for them, that's what we're looking at. It's about 2900 per student. That covers everything they need from the time they apply to the time they graduate, from supplies to manuals to chef coats, chef hats, food, insurance, everything you need, advocacy for job placement, the application process, everything from start to finish is $2,900 right now. Talk about bang for your buck. My goodness. You know, we're mm-hmm. spending mm-hmm. upwards of $70,000 per per person per year to keep them incarcerated, for heaven's sake. And I understand that if you for those that have been released from prison, the recidivism rate for those that have a job is about maybe 22% within three years. Mm-hmm. The, the recidivism rate for people that do not have a job is something like 72%. It's just clear that this is something that works, just this job, this whole attitude, this I can do it, and this is what's happening. So anyone out there that's interested in duplicating this, if you have a restaurant, if you have a floral uh, location, anything would be helpful. You have people here that are simply successful, dedicated, and they're, they're doing the right stuff for the right reason. So I, I'm sure people will want to help. You, you also talk a lot, of course, with your students. And do you get a sense of what leads people into trouble in the first place? Uh, not everybody is human trafficked. Not everybody, I, you know, a lot of people get involved with drugs. And I tell you, methamphetamines don't do anything good for anybody pretty much. And, and it's a, it's a yeah. one-way street in the wrong direction. But, but do you have some insights as to, for parents to, to help their children stay out of trouble? Uh, and and uh, uh, that's a, a, a huge question, but, but what, what, what would you recommend that parents uh, focus on uh, with regard to the mentoring of their own children? Well, you brought up a good point earlier. Um, being a parent doesn't necessarily mean being a friend. There's a vast difference. Be present in your children's lives. My upbringing was vastly different than the way I chose to raise my children. I was brought up in fear. And don't speak unless spoken to. I was brought up in physical abuse, emotional abuse, and things of that nature. I think for parents now, be present in your children's lives. Be relevant. Understand what they're dealing with. Our kids in school right now, Jim, they're dealing with things that you and I never had to deal with. I, in, in all my years of going to school, I never once had to worry about a school shooting. There was never one rape that took place, at least that we knew of, in our, in our school. The only thing we had to worry about was getting caught chewing gum or showing up late to class or maybe a fight here and there. But we never had to worry about school shootings. We didn't have to worry about, um, you know, the, the things that are happening in school now. Be present in your children's lives. Be relevant. Understand what they're going through. Be available. And don't think that because there is a generation gap or a difference there that you can't be present and relevant in their lives. They need to know, yes, there will come a time where you're going to be friends with your kids. My kids are grown and they're married and they're out of the house now. My parenting season has changed with them. Now we are friends and supportive of their lives, but in that time where your kids are in school and there is such, there's so many things that are vying for their attention and their loyalty. If you don't teach your children, the internet will. A gang will. If you don't embrace your children, somebody's going to. I'm thinking of the amazing event 
um, that we that Albert and Deidre created for Major League Baseball because our children didn't understand how do people get sucked into human trafficking. So they created Strikeout Slavery, and our goal is to have it in every Major League ballpark, Jim, a, a family festival where families can come and spend the day together, learn how you can protect your kids from human trafficking. How do predators use the Internet? How do people get hooked on pornography? How do people get pulled into gangs? Educate, awareness, be present, be relevant. Those events like Strikeout Slavery, it, those things are invaluable. Bring your family together. Be, be present and available in their lives. Are you always going to agree? No. Do you have to administer discipline? Yes. Do you have to put boundaries? Yes. But trust me, your children will thank you. Will thank you. I, Truly. there are things, you know, uh, how I was raised that I, I said I, w- I would never, ever, you know, do with my kids. And I, I, I say that it, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Let's just put it that way. I'm, the, the buck stopped with Judy Lamborn. I changed. There were some things that ended in my family line when it came to Judy Lamborn. And everybody has the power to be able to do that. Uh, the, the youth is our future. Your line sticks in my head, and I teach it to every class, Jim. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Pruning toxic relationships out of your life is one of the most important things I teach our students. Yes. I, I tell people that someone will mentor our children, and you mentioned this as well. Mm-hmm. And if it's not you, it's not the parents, it's not the basketball coaches, it'll be the juvenile street gangs. I mean, Charles Manson is out there, and he mentored his quote-unquote family uh, to destruction. Mm-hmm. Someone will do it. Mm-hmm. And so the best thing we can do in a society is help mentor our young, mentor our people that are that are marginalized. And, and that's what you're doing. Judy Lamborn, I, I know it's just between you and me. No one else is listening. Let me tell you very directly, I love you and I love what you're doing. I'm proud of you, proud to know you. This is just a marvelous thing. I, again, I call it libertarian values that, that of, of caring, of compassion, and of of success. So this is kind of what's happening. Uh, florist, that, that would be wonderful. I think you still need to get a government license to be a manicurist, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which could be a problem. Do you know whether that's true or not in California? Yes, you do. With cosmetology, which is something that we've looked into quite a bit, I believe the number of hours that a person has to go through instruction is 1,600. But we are actively working with some leaders in this industry, in that cosmetology industry, to see if there is an alternate that we can come up with, that we could create um, something so someone would have an entry-level opportunity into that industry because it is it's very popular between its its nails or hair or or skin so we're we're actively um going down those roads and and seeing turning over every rock to see whatever opportunity we can possibly drum up um for not, for uh, for these young ladies and these young men coming out of of the industry well, and unfortunately, licensing is frequently used by those already in the business to keep competition from coming in, to, to restrict the market entry. I think that's certainly true with manicurists. Uh, and in fact, if you're going to braid hair, for heaven's sake, uh, particularly African-Americans, but whatever, you need a cosmetology license in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So then you take your 1,600 hours or or whatever, and you pay $5,000 for a class, they don't even teach you hair braiding. So it's it's something that we need to to lobby our government to, re, to back off all of these licensing requirements. Many of them, by the way, exclude felons. And my goodness sakes, you know, you, can, you can't even trim trees if you have, without a government license, and frequently they exclude the felons from, from having done this. So, so that's kind of where we are. 
Uh, any last words, Judy? Again, please mention your website for anyone that would like to support you, that has a restaurant access, that would like to have good good employees, or just would, would be interested in getting more information. What is your website, and where can they go? Our website is opengateintl.org. And just click on the contact tab, or you can email us at info at opengateintl.org. And we'll be happy to, uh, to answer your email and, and collaborate and see how we can help more people together. I have one more question. Where is Moldova? You mentioned it twice, and I'm pretty good at geography, but you left me on that one. Where is it? Moldova is in Eastern Europe. It borders Ukraine, Romania. It's over there by oh. Russia. It's the poorest country in Eastern Europe. We actually have a very robust program there. We have programs in women's prisons, helping those ladies, training them in culinary and baking. Um, we are working in remote villages. We are working in the deinstitutionalization of orphans in Moldova. Uh, Deidre has a vision uh, for an economically prosperous Moldova. It's still in a post-Soviet mindset. A lot of people there, as a matter of fact, she's getting ready to travel there very soon, Um, but we're very proud of what we've been able to do in Moldova. It's a beautiful country with beautiful people and a very bright future. That's just marvelous. Well, Judy, you're an angel. I'm just proud to know you, and and anything we can do, I will contact that owner of the four Greek restaurants. I I just want to help you, and I know that our listeners do as well, and I can give you an an open door into the prisons uh, to try uh, to mentor those that, who are about to be released. I think that's just a marvelous opportunity. So, so Judy, again, thank you for being with us on All Rise. You are an inspiration. So is Deidre Pujols, by the way, another angel, my goodness sakes. Don't cross them. They're, they're tough dudes, and they get, what they, they get what they seek. So there you have it. In many ways, of course, life is complicated, but it can be made much more straightforward and understandable and productive by using the libertarian approaches like those used with Judy Lamborn, Deidre Pujols, and Open Gate. I hope you are inspired by this because I certainly am. So we can do this. We can have that all-rise spirit. Imagine how many of their graduates are all rising together. Doesn't that just warm your heart and give you that gratification? So we'll talk to you again next week on another exciting opportunity in the in the world get in grapple with close issues that are really not in many ways being addressed by our so-called leaders and applying these libertarian values to them so this is judge jim gray thank you for being with us thanks to judy lamborn once again and i'll be talking to you soon judy and see you at your fundraiser in the meantime we're saying as we always do life is good talk to you soon Thanks for listening today. All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray can be heard every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We know you'll want to join us again next week and tell your friends that help is on the way. Strengthen my thoughts that help us control.